Oh, didn't see you there. I've just been doing some casual reading, you understand. Um, it's, a, it's a book about Buddhism uh, that I'm in the middle of. Um, the Dhammapada, it's very good stuff. I recommend it if you're interested in wisdom or being very calm or happy. Um, so I've got that. That's If I'm going around these days, you know, I'll probably pop that in my bag if I want. So, you know, it's impossible to get bored, basically. Like, oh, you know, not being on your phone all the time. It's a bit addictive. But, uh, and maybe not as rewarding as this. Um, but like, oh, okay. Oh, it's a long bus journey. But then again, that just means more time to read. Oh, good. Try to find me some more long bus journeys. Try to live in a more inconvenient place, maybe. So that's one. Oh, look. Uh, I've got another one here. Um, so that was the Dharmapada, but this is another book I'm in the middle of, uh, Strike, the Sixth Strike novel. It's uh, like Detective J.K. Rowling basically is doing crime fiction. It's insanely good. Totally different. Now, this is a, a narrative, whereas the other was like about Buddhism and, you know, there's a bit of a narrative in there, but it's more about practical, like how to be happy and live a, enjoy simplifying your life, you know, and, um, becoming the master of your own mind. But so this uh this book's really good. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. I also am in in the middle technically of reading at least um eight other books. No, I'm not very impressive. I'm just lazy. So, um a mix of curious and uh not as disciplined as I will be in the future. So, what do we got? Pandemia, so let's talk how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives by Ar the journalist Alex Berenson. Talking about how we've been in the midst of a collective psychosis for a few years. Uh, here, the still you can still see it, uh, unfortunately. So, that's very important. Now, that would be like non-fiction reading, right? But also very useful. Um, Passion play. Ooh, saucy. All right. Maybe I should show you these, right? That yikes. That's about um, sexuality uh, and the importance of it for health, happiness, and even talks about a bit about spirituality. Oneness through the you-know-what. Um, then we also have on the same vein, like Wim Hof, the Wim Hof method, which is amazing, right? Um, so I know basically... The method-ish, the simple thing, breathing, cold exposure, very good for you in many, many ways. Check it out if you're interested in being healthier or happier or more in control of yourself. Um, but this is going to give me a bunch of more details. So I'm all of these, excuse me, bumping my microphone, all of these I've started reading at some point and not, you know, gotten through to the end. So I'm going to just give you, finish off my little list here and then we're going to get, get into the details of why to read and you know why I think it's great, and um, yeah, why it's a good laugh, and why it's uh, the kind of various things it can do for you. Um, think not what books can do for you, but what you can do for books, perhaps. Uh, seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So this is like kind of very, uh, I don't know, like seems very practical ways to just improve yourself and get more self-control. I got slightly bored, unfortunately, so but I think that's another benefit reading can give to us is it's a test of like your focus, like 
but I can tell I've still got this because I want to read this. This is going to be good for me. I know it. And yet I can't, you know, muster the long-term thinking required to go, why won't you give yourself a gift? What's wrong with you? So this is kind of like um, perhaps a vehicle or a foil through which we can grow um, and also improve your spelling, improve your punctuation, your grammar, all that stuff by reading. And this is especially good if you're learning a second language. So anyone learning English, shout out to those. Um, or if you're learning another language. So I'm going to do this with French. I'm going to get Le Comte de Monte Cristo. I'm going to get the Count of Monte Cristo and read it. Because uh, this is what I'm always recommending people for English. Is it's, it's, you know, hundreds of pages full of perfect grammar, spelling, punctuation, um, composition, just the style where it's set up. Um, and you can see, oh, why are they using that verb tense? That's interesting. Or, oh, that's the correct spelling of that word. Or, what does that word mean? I don't know this word. And you can see it in context a few times, and you can guess it. Oh, it must mean this, due to the context. Um, or maybe you could look it up if you want, you know, um, immediately. Um, and so for natives, you know, for your own language, it'll improve, you know, your spelling and perhaps even grammar sometimes. Oh, wait, it's not kind of, it's kind of, kind of. Oh, that's just when we speak? Oh. So it'll sharpen up your... You know, I'm an English language teacher reading still. I go, oopsie daisies. I've been making a first things first. It's plural. It's not apostrophe S. Oh, I was wrong. You know, so we're always learning things. But um, but especially if it's a second language, you get descriptions of, you know, John walked into the room. There were tapestries of gold and ruby red flowing down. You can see all these descriptive language and then also dialogue. So how people greet each other, the slang, the way they talk. Um, and so this is, you know, what more do you want, you know? And because it's a narrative, which we're going to talk about, this is probably one of the main things we'll talk about um, today. Uh, stories are just so engaging because our whole life is a story, you know? Um, born, live, die. Um, you know, the way that our brains interpret everything and the way that things are set up, it's a temporal journey. It's it's a story, um, a series of actions, a series of transformations, changes. And so life is a story and we tell each other about the past and we tell ourselves about the past so that we can learn at a fundamental survival level so that we can learn from it to, a, to f propagate and you know not die in the future, to, to thrive and to grow like all life wants to. Um, and then on top of that basic thing, they've been built up, you know, a tiered city of more levels of purpose built upon that. Oh, oh wait a minute. We can also use storytelling to maybe, um, uh, reduce suffering among our people, or we can also use it to have more fun or to, um, transform our environment or whatever, which you could say is part of the survival thing. But, um, and just, or even just to understand what the universe is. Not just how to survive in it, but what is it, you know, and what's good and what's bad and what's beautiful and what's not or what's true and what's false, you know. Um, so we, we've been doing this through talking for ages and drama, acting it out, and then we started to write it down. Um, and so we can be communing with storytellers from long, long, long ago, and we're sharing experience and we're learning Um on a fun, if you're like, why should I read? Well, on a fundamental fundamental level, not to mention fundamental, uh, fundamental. Um, so, so it's is gonna increase your chances of success in the future 
because your life is a story. Your life will have opportunities and challenges and stories, even if they're fiction, are full of examples of um, challenges and opportunities and what people did and the results they got. And so it's all mapped out there and you can kind of, instead of having to make those mistakes yourself, you can just kind of learn from their mistakes. So it's accelerating your learning so that you can kind of get more out of life um, and give more to life. The more you have, the more you can give. Um, so, yeah, I guess that would be the basic thing. People say like, oh, but, you know, it's not real. Like, yeah, but it's a real story. It's a real series of things. And even if it won't exactly happen that there's a magic jewel that or like a magic ring which can control people and everyone's fighting over it, there's some similarity, some parallel or isomorphism, some similarity of structure between that and the real world. It's a metaphor, right? Oh, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. Wait a minute, but that's not connected to, say, um, making people unhappy when we're firing them because they're lazy, you know? Yeah, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but you can see there's a similarity. We want the company to thrive. These people aren't, you know, cooperating. Um, they're making a problem of themselves. So we need to cause a little problem to get a, solve a bigger problem. Oh, I see. You're cr you're, so you're cracking the eggs. The eggs maybe don't want to be cracked, perhaps, um, so that you can solve the problem of having something to eat. Oh, that makes sense. So in the same way, metaphorically, right, even if it's not literally true, it can have a huge benefit for you, you know? And it is true in a deeper sense of like, it's a, it's um, stories can capture truths which are too complicated to just be mentioned as a little fact. It's like a kind of three-dimensional fact. Um, you're, it's almost like a fact like, oh, there's a guitar here. It's like a little slice of time, a cross-section. But then um, a story would be like bringing that cross-section, fl fl uh, fleshing it out. So it's like a three-dimensional fact or something. Um, and you can just contain so much more information there. Or the guitar was made here and then it was lost and someone found it and then during the war, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you could say what happened. And then also there might be certain lessons from that which are going to be in common with other stories and can be applied there in order to learn how to navigate the universe. Um, so anyway, also... <laughs> Finite and infinite games, something about like, you know, abstract kind of like, but practical, I guess, a very confusing kind of book, but I don't know, it seems interesting, I'll get back to it, um, about like treating life as play and the kind of different kind of ways you can live life. Um, I guess as I'm kind of going through them, I'll just quickly double back to this one. Strike, you know, I'm not really like crime fiction, you know, I'm not like, oh, true crime, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, oh, God bless anyone who's into true crime, you know. Um, I care deeply about some people who are into true crime. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, to me, I kind of find it a bit boring, honestly. But this detective, these detective novels, like, one thing that I find very interesting about it, apart, apart from that it's very beautifully written, it's J.K. Rowling, she's a genius, you know. I highly recommend Harry Potter to anyone who hasn't read it. Oh, I watched the movies. Doesn't count. Movies are all right, you know. The book's a totally different thing. Everyone says this, but yeah, it's true, right? Generally, that's true with things. But Harry Potter, oh my God. If you've only watched the movies and you haven't read the books, I'm, I feel sorry for you, genuinely. It's like you're missing out on so much. It's such a wonderful journey. And I watched, read it when I was a kid, but still, like I've reread re them several times, and including when I'm as an adult. And um, there's just timeless wisdom there. And the, they grow up through the books. It's like the teenage person reading it is growing up while the characters are growing up. 
So the book's getting bigger and they're getting more complicated and with more mature themes. Um, so, you know, and everyone's been a kid and everyone has grown up. Some of us are still working on it. But uh, so you can, there's a lot there you can learn from. And even if it's not exactly you're graduating school or fighting, you know, dark wizards or something, there's something, a lot you can extract from it. So I'd highly recommend it for kids because it helped me navigate growing up. Oh, certain things like, okay. And it helped me kind of have more confidence. Like, yeah, I feel like I know what I could do in that situation. It was less like some overwhelming unknown thing. Um, so basically they'll give you advice, you know, but also even for an adult. But these strike novels, uh, so they've got like this character, you know, who's kind of not totally likable. You know, he's not, he's not really a perfect person, but there's some aspects to his character where I go, yeah, I like that. And I need some, or I should have more of that in myself. Part of it's like, yeah, I'm better than this guy in certain aspects. Cool. Good to know. But then, and you, and there's many characters in there, like very different, you know, she does a great job of, uh, she writes under the Robert Goldbraith pseudonym, but it's JK Rowling. Um, the first one, she didn't want people to know and go judge her based on her past. So she did it under a pseudonym. Erin praised it like, oh my God, amazing. She's like, yeah, okay, it was me. I was like, ah, you sneaky, you got us. So, but she kept the name just for the, you know, why not? Um, so, uh, but there's like characters in it. There's very, you know, believable, realistic characters who embody certain patterns or combinations of personality patterns and um, qualities. And it's uh, quite educational, like, or just, it just reminds you of the different natures of people. And it, um, and it does a great job of doing what I think is, um, everyone really, you know, would so benefit from having, which is reading novels, reading fiction, and um, you can read fantasy and stuff, and that can be really good. It can, you know, be great and, you know, help you in a lot of ways, and it's really fun in so many ways. And then you can be, if you're having fun through that, you can be more serious in other aspects of your life. It kind of gives you that balance and like you're more, a more well-rounded person. There's a bunch of very serious people out there who just need to read some dragon fiction for a bit. Go get, you know, get read Aragon or th something, you know. It's good stuff, you know. Um, and it'll stretch your mind. And what, what's so why, why can't you be a bit more flexible, you know? you know. If you're not into it, you're not into it. But try, test it out. You know, you don't have to be, who says you have to be the same person all the time? Um, anyway, so that's fancy. But like what I really think is very important for everyone is novels where they've got... Um, characters who kind of embody real people like people you might meet in the world and, and due to the nature of how it's structured you're seeing people's thoughts you're seeing the descriptions how everything's linked in what's focused on what's not mentioned and so um you are able to uh and seeing things from different people's points of view etc um, which you can't really do in a movie so much a, lo a lot of these things um but it reminds you that you are seeing life through your own, you know, lenses, your own through your own eyes. That other people are seeing them through it through different eyes, you know, and that's something you can experience that through reading a novel. And I see, I read the strike novel, and I'm seeing how you know the the characters, like you know, the two main characters, and then all the others or whatever, how they see things and the way they act. And I can notice, oh yeah, it would, I could work, I could be more like this, great, and I could be less like that, and um, and it, then I embody that in my real life. I bring that energy into the real world. Um, and so I think that's something really cool and kind of seeing like misunderstandings between people or things that go well, they see certain patterns of activity and 
perception that you can go, yeah, that, that's that's good, or no, that's not good, and you you can transport that, integrate it into your life. So I think they say, you know, readers are leaders, um, or is it leaders are readers? Probably both. Um, and uh, you know, like those who read, um, not just like understanding the world through you know whatever the nonfiction thing is. Uh, for example, here's another one: uh, lucid dreaming about how to lucid dream. Pretty amazing stuff, waking up inside your dream, doing whatever you want, right? Uh, then uh, Byzantium, about the East Roman Empire, which lasted a thousand years after the Western Empire fell till 1453. So just very, very interesting. And like Greece and that part of the world. Um, that's some nonfiction. Um, but so that's all great. But um, these... Uh, narratives of fiction um, it's not just the characters that you can learn from but also just the ways of behaving and seeing things and um, I think it stretches um, your personality and it makes you more integrated with the universe like you're more aware of other ways of living and so you can kind of glide through with a bit more ease and you can kind of dance oh that's the way this kind of person dances and then you, when you see them, you, okay, that's where you dance. I can dance with that. And then I move on to the next part. Oh, you're dancing that dance. Oh, yeah, I know that. You, Ooh, what kind of dance is this? I have no idea what to do now. But if I'm more aware of the way a person dances, which is here as a metaphor for a, certain, a way that some people live or certain institutions live or certain phenomena unfold in the universe, I can engage with it and sync, sync up with its um, rhythms and its dynamics more elegantly you know, so that this is very general, but you know, I hope you know what I'm saying here. Like that, um, to give an example, maybe you see, um, someone who is asked a direct question and they don't answer it. I would be the kind of person who just answers everything, you know, or more, not, not so much anymore, but that's something, you know, I, the place I've come from is kind of being, Oh yeah. Truth will set everyone free. So, Oh yeah, I'll tell you exactly what I'm thinking. And but then maybe in the book they don't answer the question, and I'm like, oh, what are they doing? They're going to cause a problem, or you know what? But then maybe somehow it the person you know learns like, oh, okay, that person's a bit of a mystery, all right, and maybe they find it a bit attractive, and they get more interested, and they and then um, it leads to some other situation where um, that maybe they respect that person in a slightly different way, or um, that's not a very clear example, but I'm trying to think. Um, but there are countless ways you could take that. But where um, they, they don't answer the question, for example, they don't answer the question and then the person um, doesn't find out about something really hurtful. That would make, And then that person has this very suddenly, intensely challenging thing afterwards. And the other character withholds the information for a while. And then once the other character has kind of calmed down and the things have passed, then they tell them. And then I would be going like, Oh, you should have just told them at first, and then I go, "Oh, oh, wait! Actually, that worked out. If you, if they had known that, maybe they would have had a breakdown, you know." So this is just some random example, but point being that we can learn of behavior patterns and ways of being that uh, can be good for us. So another one: gravity's rainbow. Meh. It's kind of it's pretty funny. I started reading it. I'm going to get back to it now. So. You know, it's kind of what I think books, like some of the benefits of books. Um, and empathy. I guess what I'm talking about largely is kind of understanding life in general and knowing what you want to be, what you want to do. But also it's empathy. And they've done studies on, um, which is really mind-blowing, 
on studies on people who read books and like you know i think a lot or whatever something like this and they've showed um they have shown um a an increase in empathy among those who read uh i believe it was novels and that you're seeing things from more perspectives like you you feel the writer's imagination and the writer's eyes and perception of the universe through the way the book's written. And I guess a really good author can kind of create um, a character in the narrator. The narrator is a character. There's a certain feeling to the, the way the whole thing's written. Like, you know, the shipping news was very interesting, very grungy and simple and kind of messed up and clunky, but in a way that it really embodies the energy of the main character, the protagonist, who um, is kind of all messed up and then by the end kind of has grown quite a lot and has kind of gone from beginning, similar to um, Our Man in Havana, where uh, which is a hilarious book by Graham Greene somewhere here, where, um, so funny, uh, where at the beginning they're just schmucks. You're like, oh my God, this is the main character? I really don't want to even read this. This character is kind of just distasteful. makes me feel like I need a shower. Like, ugh. Um, mediocre, you know? Boring, grey. And then... That by the end of the book, they're just kind of like a normal person or a bit, uh, maybe a bit above normal. And it's like, oh my God, it's like this huge transformation because they've come from so low. And, um, but, but for um, both of them, the, uh, there's a certain feeling where like the, the book, I guess more so for the shipping news, the way it was written kind of embodied the energy of that character. So, you, you know, books that can just expand your mind like that and um, allow you to see things differently. And then when you're talking to someone in the real world or you're interacting with someone in any way, you can have more empathy. You can put yourself in their shoes more so you can avoid conflict more and you can kind of, um, yeah, have more opportunities, fewer challenges, I guess. Um, so, yeah. All right. Anything else? Got to keep this snappy-ish. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I was going to say... Um, yeah, so like I've got all these books I haven't finished, right? And like on this shelf behind me, there's a bunch of books, you know. I've read a lot of them. Um, I've half read a lot also. Um, and yeah, so that's something I need to work on. And I think books can, in a way can be a mirror because they're showing you through the characters like what you like and what you don't like um, and what you, you know, what kind of person you want to be and what kind of person you don't want to be, what kind of life you want, what kind of life you don't want. Um, and then of course, nonfiction, you can just learn about the nature of the world really, which is very useful for in many, many ways, um, just for fun, but also for guiding your actions. Um, but, uh, it, it can also like in certain ways, like, yeah, be a mirror, like discipline, like putting in, um, having a, a regular habit of, okay, half an hour before bed, instead of staring into a blue light, um, screen, which is going to, you know, um, disrupt melatonin production and make my sleep less restful. So I re sleep the same amount of time and I feel tireder. I don't feel as rested because I was looking at blue light for the, the hour or two before bed, which is what happens, um, I believe. Uh, so instead of that, you know, okay, read for half an hour or whatever, um, 15 minutes, a bit of a book. And then you can start getting through these uh, stories and these narratives and then it's so cool you have your own narrative your own life i go do this do this and then every now and then it's just like through this window or wormhole into this other story 
which is unfolding in parallel to your own life. So I'm not at the end of this book with strike and whatnot. So I'm going to going through my day and stuff and I've got my story of what's going on. And then every now and then it just zooms into this other story and my ego disappears more or less, mostly, you know, my um, own story and what I, my own self-talk about what I'm doing or whatever and plans and memories and whatever. And I'm just in this other story. And so it's also like a, a way, if anyone's really sick of yourself, you're like, oh my God, I'm just driving myself mad, you know, which is, you know, until we learn how to silence our mind, that is, you know, probably something we can all relate to at times, at least. Um, start reading some novels and you, you will just, you know, d take a holiday from yourself for a bit, you know, and you want to come back to yourself as a better person. And, you know, so I think, and I think primarily we are made to listen to stories like humans at our level, not just proto hominids or whatever, um, which were making noises to each other and living in social groups, but humans our level of, because of, um, it seems that um, the ability to speak uh, allowed greater information sharing and thus greater social cohesion between, you know, humans. And thus we were able to control our environment better and so avoid problems and take opportunities more. So basically move up the, the pyramid of, you know, um, the hierarchy of the, until we're the apex predator on the planet, even though we're not very physically strong compared to a lot of other animals. But that there was this feedback loop where um, the more we talked, the more we were able to organize and the bigger the social group we were able to manage together um, through information sharing and sharing of stories and especially stories to worship, stories of great admiration. This is the way. This is the way to do it. This is the way to live. Embody this. This is the way not to do it. Don't do this, you know. But in general, just stories. Um, and, you know, even it was a story about, oh, yesterday, you know, Billy ate that um, fruit and then now Billy's dead. That's a simple story, <laughs> but it's very useful, you know. Um, uh, or like maybe a story in the present, simple, like, oh, um, when people, um, you know, not just Billy, but then also uh, Andrew, um same thing happened, you know, just this morning. So I think we can therefore link them together and have a general story of when people eat that thing, they die, <laughs> you know? So, okay, let's not do it, you know? Um, let's eat other things. So, but that um, this, uh, by then we were able to trans um, maintain larger groups and transform our environment even more and bring back even more resources to ourselves and improve our living conditions more and it seems like it allowed us to in improve our brain power even more and ability to spend time, you know, like thinking or just having the nutrition to, to grow our brains. And it seems as a feedback loop. And so it encouraged, evolution encouraged more and more um, uh, cognitive development through and um, in terms of speaking ability and the ability to conceptualize and articulate things. And so that's this ancient thing we've been doing and in the modern world, what kind of stories are we getting? A lot of it's just, you know, nonsense on TikTok or something or this and that <clears throat> or stuff from the corporate media telling you who to hate and what to ignore and, you know, like, uh, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Anytime someone says you're a conspiracy theorist, you've got to give them a good look and think, is that the best you can do? Like, are you five years old? Like, is that really like, it's unbelievable actually how 
powerful that little phrase can be um and that you know it's going to be ridiculed in a hundred years on people going to be oh my god these people were absolute buffoons like you know not just the people who used it but the people who were so intimidated by it or and we've all been there to some extent but like you know anyway that's not the, the main point here but that um uh well i guess what is the main point um that being being startled by the the uh the great ominous shadow of authoritarianism um but i think the main point is that our stories that we get and that we share around um you know you can we need stories i think um and that we are always telling each other stories and um it's like when you're not reading we're, like we're not really living in villages anymore so we're quite atomized and like separated from one another we all work in our things and could be talking to each other more than we are um and we're not living in we're living in smaller family groups we used to live in like groups of extended families like, I'm not getting on with my parents for a bit. Okay, I can go talk to my uncles or whatever. Like when you're growing up, so that would diffuse the tension a bit. And then, okay, we're cool. Go back to my parents. Or if my parents are being jerks, they know I can just go hang out with my uncles, so they can't hold that over me. Um, and likewise, if I'm being a jerk, then my uncles, my parents can go talk to them. Hey, don't encourage them. You know, that you could work things out, and there was a way to release the energy more. And there was more, um, you know, teaching each other, the younger kids, you know, and whatever. We used to have these networks which would support us with information and just understanding and just love, you know. Um, but we have less of that now, and there's a lot of other pressures whereby um, we're less connected socially to each other. So where are we getting our stories? I think we need to be getting them more and more from reading and um, because a lot of it you get um, from, you know, the media, which is focusing on negative things and often not telling you the truth, mainstream media at least, independent media. A lot of people are telling the truth, but, um, but so, uh, I think when you're like, say me, when I'm not reading, I think, um, I become less deep, I become more shallow and I become like my, I become a bit imbalanced toward my own way of seeing things gets too dominant. And I need more cross-pollination with other people's perspectives. And so that's a great thing a relationship can give you. Um, all friendships do that amazingly, but also, you know, like a romantic relationship because, um, you know, much more close, you're much closer. So therefore there's greater, you know, your imbalances um, and, have, and your balances <laughs> have more of an impact. And so your virtues and your vices have more an impact. So you're, you are required to kind of grow up a bit faster. Um, but you can, um, so these are all good things, but we can also do it with our friends, you know, start some relationships with all the, these books, you know, all your friends, As someone was saying like, um, uh, I've, I think it was, uh, who was it? I think it was, um, Lex Friedman talking to Jordan Peterson. I think, yeah. Talking about how they have many friends, many dead friends, um, in the form of books, you know, many dead friends from hundreds of years ago. Um, you can kind of commune with them and their perspective of looking at things and um, learn from them. Um, and in a way, you're helping them because you bring them to life, into the present, their spirit. But, so I think, um, like, even if it's stories about people you don't like or ways that you don't want to be, it's, these, it's um, 
the stories are like a mirror and they give us more self-awareness and more um, community awareness or humanity awareness, more awareness of just the way life goes and people go. And so I think that's very useful, both just for avoiding problems and for kind of chasing your dream, you know, and just living your dream. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, people, you know, like you can listen to stories as well, like Audible or whatever it is, you know, like audiobooks. Um, that's really great. And if you're, you know, exercising or you're cleaning, or whatever, that can be a cool thing. I used to do that quite a bit. Um, and that's easier than reading, you know. But I think reading physical, actually reading a book instead of listening to it is better. It brings you deeper into it because it's more challenging. It's like, um, and it's not that hard at all. It's all of you can do this, you know. I mean, there might be some rare exceptions, but I think um, even they, perhaps with like the phonics method, where the way you're really meant to read, perhaps even them would be able to, but maybe there's some dyslexic people, whatever, who can't do it. Um, and then audiobooks, I guess, would be the way, perhaps, to get these stories. But um, almost everyone, you know, can get into this with like reading from a physical book. And it's so nice having a physical book, you know, it's so much better than like, for me, like than like a, a Kindle or something like that, or a PDF, you know. Um, there's like a certain energy, a certain life to a book, and it's in your hands, you know. Um, and you can see the pages of my Harry Potter books. They were crispy, pearly white when I got them, and now they're like yellowing at the edges. Yeah, well, cool, time moving on. Um, and uh, having books from, you know, I got some Aldous Huxley book, The Art of Seeing, um, from like 1942 or something, I think it was printed, this one. Um, uh, I think so, or was it 70? I think it was 42. No, 72. It was a reprint, I think. Something like that. Anyway, whatever. You don't care. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, it's a beautiful little thing in your home to have a little library. It fills you with good energy. Look at these books. Doesn't that fill you with good vibes? Come on. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, but it exercises your mind, right? So concentration, the discipline to actually keep doing it and get through, finish your books, you know? And if you finish your books, you'll finish your projects, you know? Um, and, uh, what else? Um, I guess, uh, flow, having, being able to go with the flow. So being concentrated, but not focusing too much, like what each word says, because you need to be able to let yourself kind of sweep with your eyes and just let it kind of come into you and not get too caught up in it. Or, um, so there's a bunch of small little things that reading can bring to you. I think that might not be totally obvious, but yeah, I really encourage you, um, if, you know, if you're a big reader and you're always reading books, like my dad's always like reading two books at a time, except he gets through them. <laughs> Unlike me where I'll be just you know, adding them. I get through them, but like, uh, you know, not that quickly. Um, but uh, I will be doing it quicker um, for sure. But uh, whatever it is, like whether you're like a big reader and you read a lot or you haven't done it in ages, I really encourage you, you know, get into it because um, you'll be happier then I'll be happier if you're happier. We'll all be happier. We'll all be wiser. And um, imagine a world where everyone's just, oh, yeah, remember like 20 years ago, everyone had like the number of people who had stopped reading, um, especially young people and just addicted to iPads. And it was like society was going off a cliff. And then everyone got back into reading and probably a bunch of other things in order to save us or whatever. But um, lead things in a... Yeah, save us basically. <laughs> I get us in a better direction. But 
But just imagine a world where it's like, yeah, now, look at us now. Everyone just reads. Like, everyone loves reading. Like, um, and if you can't understand, well, I guess if you can't understand why that would be beautiful, you would have given up on this episode by now. But, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. Like, when you hear someone who's like, oh, yeah, I read, like, this many books a week. Oh, my God. Like, it can be a bit intimidating. But, like, we can just be a bit better than yesterday ourselves and just... um learn from the books and just enjoy the journey of the book, uh, you know, and like your life is a book. It's an open book. And when you have an open book that you're reading, it kind of reminds you of that. It brings it into clearer perspective that like, Oh yeah, um, I am that, you know, and um, it kind of reminds you of the nature of like the adventure that you're a character and you're, you're having this adventure and um, you can be the hero of your own story, you know? So I think I'll leave it there for now. Um, but yeah, uh, happy reading. And uh, I'll see you next week. Um, I didn't get to some music, so finish with a little bit of music. Oh, read a book. Whoa, 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 read a book now. What's that? You don't want me to tell you what to do? Well, who are you to tell me not to tell you what to do? Read a book or I'm gonna come over there. Oh, you're gonna come over here, don't do that. I was just kidding, don't have any doubt that that's not where it's at. To tell people what to do, I just wanna say, I... Love you and want you to read a book. See you, everybody.